Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning Vayetze Shishi, the sixth Aliyah in Pashas Vayetze. This Aliyah is about escape and interrogation. Our Aliyah is 27 Pesachim long, running from Perak Lavadal of Pasuk Yudzayin to Mem Gimel. Let's take a look at an overview and then we'll delve into some deeper points to ponder. So Yaakov gets up and now he, his wives have told him that he should go. And he has been given a Nevoah by Hashem that he should go. So he puts he packs everything together. He gets everything all together and he, he leaves. But he leaves at a time where Lavon is actually out. He's got a sh- uh, it's shearing season. He's out shearing all his multitude of sheep that he's successfully got under Yaakov's um, help. And while he leaves, he leaves in incognito, surreptitiously, so that Lavan does not know. And he, um, Lo, uh, Rachel steals the trafim, these uh, images uh, that her father has. And Yaakov, it says, Vayignov Yaakov's leiv Lavan harami. He steals the heart of Lavan by not telling him that he was going. So uh, three days later, Lavan gets word that Yaakov has escaped and or has left, and he and he chases after him for seven a seven day trip. And Mufarshim explain. That this means that it was, he was three days away, so the messenger took three days to get there. Then Lavan had to travel three days, so it was really essentially a seven-day trip that Yilava y- y- made in, in one day. So that's how fast he traveled in comparison to the slowness of a large family. So he, um, as he's about to get to the area that he's at, Har HaGilad, Hashem comes to appears to Lavan and says... Um, be very careful not to speak to Yaakov from good to bad, meaning even what might be good for you, don't 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 say to him. So yeah, Lavon comes to him the next day, and he and he and he comes up to him, and makes his presentation. He says, "What do you do? You stole my heart. You you took my daughters like they're captives. Why didn't you just let me? If you'd known, I would have made a large party. I would have made a beautiful, you know, goodbye experience. And now and now you look at this. You you didn't even allow me to kiss my daughters. You can hear, but it's by the way, in the language of Lavon, what a manipulative person he is. What a narcissistic individual he is." And then he goes on to say, you know, I could really hurt you. I could have really done bad to you. But your God appeared to me and uh, he said, I shouldn't do anything. I shouldn't speak to you from bad to good. But now I'm really upset because you stole S-L-I-H, my gods. So Yaakov turns to Lavan and he says, I was, the reason why I left was because uh, I was worried that you would not let me leave, leave with your daughters. And you would not, you're not allowing me to leave. And then he says, whoever has your gods... Loyichia will not live, and uh, he says, "I make an oath that this is this is uh, this is the case." So uh, he did not know, obviously, that Rachel had stolen them. So Lavan starts doing a search, and he goes through the the tent's layer and the the, the 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 maid servants, and he goes into the tent of Rachel, and Rachel stays on the the saddle where under which these trophies are hidden, and she explains that she's not able to; she's incapacitated from standing up right now, and uh, he does not find these trophies. And now at this point in time, Yaakov gets angry. Yaakov is in a rage. He says, he says to him, what did I do wrong? You ran after me. You searched everything I got. Did you find anything? Did you find a single thing that, 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 that you can claim against me? For 20 years I've worked for you. I looked after your your sheep, your goats. I, I didn't, I, nothing. And there was no miscarriages. I didn't eat anything of yours. I didn't allow any of them to get to, to, to get." Um, I'm picked on by any of the wild animals. If anything did happen, I paid back to it. I stayed out up at night and um, during the day, in the hottest of days, the coldest of nights. I never slept because of this. And I, I worked for you for all this time, 14 years for your, for your two daughters, six years for your, for your sheep. You switched my, my wages t- 10 separate ways. If Hashem was not be with me, 
then I then I would have been leaving you completely empty, empty-handed. And you know what? Hashem proved by Yochach Emesh. He told he proved that the, the, this should come out the way it should be. And Lavon then says, No, no, you know what? Everything is really man. What should I do to you, these children? They're all really mine. Very curious conversation. Let's take a few points to ponder. That was the, the, the summary. So first of all, is why did Rachel steal these trafim? So the Rashi says to separate her father from Avodah She wanted to be able to perhaps create reform in her father's thinking process. It never really works this way. Nobody really comes to self-reflection. When it comes, when it's at, in, in a nutrition, but Rav Hirsch points out that the, perhaps the argument she was trying to make is if your trafim can't defend themselves from getting stolen, then certainly they have no power whatsoever. Ibn Ezra says that it's not about Avodah it's not about pagan worship. He didn't worship them. They were actually really, um, if they were pagan, she should have just destroyed them or throw them on the roadside. Rather, because they were some sort of talisman or divining agent which allowed him to see into the future or understand things that were, that were unfolding as they were. We saw a few times already in this parish where Lavan had used such, such things. Um, but uh, we used the word Nichashti. Uh, I used Nachash, I was looking into omens, and this was using these divining agents. So the reason why she had to get rid of them was because she didn't want him to catch up with her with them so fast, and he would have used these trafim to access them. So she had to steal them, to stall him from finding them. Now, what, what does it mean that, he's, that ya- Yaakov stole the heart of Lavan? He has a heart? I mean, out of all people, uh, is he the person we're really concerned about? So the foreigner says, said, is that by, by running in such a way, it shows that Yaakov accepted the Lashon Hara, the, the, the negative talk about Lavan, that, and didn't give him a chance to, of speaking to him face to face. Meaning, he saw that Lavan was in a bad mood, but he didn't go and ask him why you're in a bad mood. He assumed that was because his sons were, 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 were slandering him. You see an amazing thing here is that even the greatest con artists they still have feelings and the best conflict resolution is always speaking to people even complicated people like Lavan as well the realm says it seems that, he, that, 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 that Yaakov made it seem as if he was going with permission he told all the neighbors and the townsfolk and the you know the preschool teachers and all the people that he spoke to that no we're going with Lavan Lavan's fine with it so he made it seem very natural so Lavan was really the only person sort of caught off guard so he seemed like a real fool and that really hurt his ego even more as well another question why does Yaakov make the statement about uh, about the death of the thief I mean it's a very strong statement to make so Rav Hirsch points out, this is an amazing thing. You see, Yaakov was so confident about his policies of education and honesty that he was confident in saying that nobody in his household would have stolen the trophy because he believed that everybody in his household lived with the values that he did, even though they came from a family which was clearly a family of deception. Unfortunately, as we know, the Medrash says that this statement was so powerful that even though yeah, he didn't know, it did bring about, the, it, it precipitated the, the early demise of Rachel, because she did have these trafim. And Rav Sovajic points out that Rachel becomes a person of sacrifice. She sacrificed her relationship with her husband to allow her sister in, not to, for her sister to get embarrassed. She sacrifices herself in front of her family by trying to steal these trafim so her father won't ca- ca- catch up with her. She's in a certain sense a tragic figure. But actually, it's because of all of these sacrifices that she becomes this sign, the symbol of praying for children on the way out to Golis. She becomes this, this unbelievable uh, um, matriarch who's able to pray for her children because of the sacrifices she makes, even though she doesn't even get to be buried with her husband in Marasamachpela. Now, why the rage on, on, on Yaakov's part at the end of the Aliyah? To me, it always, always strikes me as sort of 20 years of anger 
20 years of the, all this, of being treated like this, finally come out and Yaakov is able to express just how bitter it has been to be working with with Lavan. When you read these words, you can see it. Something Lavan deserved to have heard many years beforehand. The Sephora does point out that when he saw that there was no theft, Lavan had gone through all their tents and not found the Trafim. Then, he, then he, he, Yaakov realized that the reason why Lavan had really come was because it, that was a pretext. The the claiming of the Trafim must, must have just been a pretext. And all he wanted to do was just to see how much Yaakov had made. Let me, let me look through your tax return. I want to see your tents. I want to see how much you really have. Or maybe you stole, maybe you stole a cigarette lighter. Maybe you stole, you know, like um, a trivet. And then he could blame Yaakov about that. So what what the Sora says is that he got very angry with the way that Lavan just continues, as if doubting his very honesty as well. Finally, one last question is, what was the answer that Lavan gave at the end of the of the Aliyah when Yaakov does show just quite how upset he is? What is his answer when he says, Abonos Bonos Bonosai? So Rav Hirsch points out that it, it may be a concession. What he's saying is, I never really intended to to hurt, to do bad to you, even if Hashem hadn't come to me. No, I was, that wasn't what I was thinking of doing. I was, I, I, they're my daughters, they're my sons. I would never do such a thing. So in a certain sense, it's a sort of backing down, making it seem like Yaakov's overreacting from the whole experience, which is, again, the, the hallmark of a very manipulative person, as if Yaakov is the offender in this case as well. With this, we close the sixth Aliyah. In the meantime, have a wonderful, meaningful day.